0: Welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you. And we talk about better pain management. We talk about rehab after surgery. We talk about improved mobility. And we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. Uh, This is going to be a great conversation. We've been talking offline, and they've got a lot of passion for what we're going to be talking about. And you know what we're going to be talking about? That's right, Better Speech and Hearing Month. That's what this month is about. May is about that. And we've got two incredible individuals with Core Physical Therapy that... Well, let's just say they speak with authority and they've got the street cred to talk about this. The first one's name is Cora Medor. Did I get that one? How
1: about Corey Metter, and we'll go with it.
0: Ah, I tried. I got this one, Mackenzie. That's easy. She's got more hair than I do, Mackenzie Nasser, and uh, they're both they're both speech language. What's the P? Pathologist. Ta da! There we go. All right, for the listeners out there, let's start with you, Corey. Give us a little four one one on who you are.
1: All right. Well, my name is Corey Metter. Um, what I do is I work as a speech language pathologist here at Core in our Roanoke office. Um, the cool thing about what I get to do is I get to work both in the in the schools, so I'm in a classroom setting a lot, um, in the clinic. Uh, with both Pete's and adults. So I get um, some really cool time. I'm a 2008 grad of Radford University, go Highlanders, um, and loved all of my time there. Um, In my free time, I train a therapy dog. I go camping with my husband and my two boys, and I'm a part-time pastor at a local church.
0: What's a Hollander? Highlander.
1: You you got to say it with the leather.
0: Because I thought it was a delicious sauce that goes on eggs. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's, I was completely off base. Try to, try to pass that one. I mean, come on, bring it to us there, Mackenzie. Give us a little background on who you are.
2: Yeah, wow. How do I keep up with that? I don't
0: know. I don't <laughs> know. I, it, it's not good to be you right now.
2: <laughs> I'll give it a shot. So I am Mackenzie Nasser. I am also a speech-language pathologist. I am a little newer to the field, so I just graduated also from Radford University with my master's in 2019. So I've been working in this field just for two years. Um, I've been with Cora for two years in a clinic setting. So like Corey, I get to do a couple different things within this field. Um, I'm primarily working with kids in the clinic, which is great, but I have a few adults here and there. Um, There's really just a great um, variety of opportunities here which i'm sure we'll talk about soon um additional background so i in my free time i'm also a dog person i love to walk my dog his name is kevin which is a fun fact about me um but we love being outdoors going for runs hiking all that type of stuff we love living in virginia here
0: that's funny i love i like that kevin kevin get over here kevin yeah. yeah, our neighbors
2: think I'm crazy when I'm yelling in my backyard, Kevin! But <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> That's a good one. I like that a lot. Now, clearly, you guys are passionate about this subject. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about that. Uh, for me, what is that one thing you want me to sort of know about that uh, speech-language pathology? Go to you, Corey. Sorry, I violated my, I violated my, uh, my rule. There were rules here, Scott. Rules. There were rules. Oh, my gosh. And I have them down on my <laughs> paper. It. You're next, Mackenzie.
1: All right. Here's the thing I want you to know about what my job is and, and what I do. Um, two acronyms. I want you to know that I work hips to lips. So anything between from talking and you know, getting words out and all of that good stuff to making sure that you're breathing deeply and getting your voice out there. That's what I want you to know. So hips to lips first. The second thing I need you to know is what kind of setting I work in. And for lack of a better rhyming term, I work womb to tomb. So I work with little tiny babies. Um, When they're they're first here, we speech pathologists, you can find them in the NICU, you can find them in hospitals, clinic settings. You're also going to see speech pathologists really heavily in long-term care settings um, and helping those people that are they're having strokes and that kind of thing so hips to lips whims to tomb that's what I want you to know about me
0: I just I, I just don't feel comfortable with you Mackenzie because I mean that's just a tough one I should I should start off with you and then go to Corey
2: thank you that there would you be go. helpful I think
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, when I was preparing for this I already had you know Birth to death. We work with every type of population, but I don't have that catchy rhyme. I like the womb to tomb.
0: Steal it. Just go right off the bat, womb to tomb, steal it, put it into your, whatever, your folder of, of cool comments Absolutely.
1: and things like yeah. Disclaimer yeah. is I probably stole it. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, unfortunate. I have heard it before, but it was never delivered in such a passionate way.
2: Exactly. And the only thing I would add to that is I was going to say the one thing I would want people to know is I tell someone that I am a speech language pathologist, or sometimes I even just use the term speech therapist, because most people don't even know what a speech language pathologist is. But I say that and they say, Oh, I know how to say my R's. I don't need speech therapy. So again, it's just such a common misconception that we only work with kids who can't say R's or L's, which we do. But we work with so many other types of populations, which is why it's a great field.
0: That's funny. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little sensitive or n- nervous about, hey, I, I'm listening to Scott. And he doesn't really pronounce that word, right? And, and you, Are you guys judging me on my, com- my, my communication skills?
2: I have... Oh. Uh, I have a coffee cup that says keep talking, keep talking. I'm diagnosing you.
1: So that's what I'm
0: <laughs> feeding feed the neuroses. It's like, oh gosh, I got to make sure you read this word properly. <laughs> oh my gosh, as I roll up my paper here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, speech pathology. We you you've covered it pretty cool in a way, but but where 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 does the pathology like what are the settings? Give us the settings of and this is to you, McKenzie. us some settings
2: yeah so really all different settings so starting out i'll kind of go a little bit in chronological order um starting again with our little little ones we work in the NICU in hospitals um early intervention so those settings could either be going into your house working with little ones from birth to three or still coming into a clinic. Um, we have those clinic settings for kids, clinic settings also for adults. Those could be things like traumatic brain injury units, um, neuro units, things like that. Um, we also are definitely a big setting for speech language pathologists is in the school. That's where a lot of therapists work, um, but then into adulthood as well in skilled nursing facilities, again in hospitals, rehabilitation units, acute care, um, outpatient care, Again, kind of anywhere you think you might find any type of therapy, we will be there.
0: That's very, very interesting. Uh, now let's without without delving into some some the issues of, of confidentiality, do you have any sort of really interesting wins? Because from my perspective, I'm sitting there going, okay, that's great, that's great. But how do you how do you identify wins? Can you sort of share with us some wins? Corn.
1: Absolutely. I I'm on it. Um, so I want to talk if you're okay with it about a couple of different wins I've had, yeah, um, yeah. from the pediatric side. So the kiddo side, um, and from the adult side. So when I was first starting my career, um, in speech pathology, I had a, a, a patient that came to my clinic. Her first language was not English. It was Spanish. And I spoke, uh, spanish muy malo which means real bad um and so she and i couldn't communicate even on that level on top of that this lady had had a nice um wonderful stroke that affected both sides of her brain um so she was really really impaired she had trouble getting words out she had trouble forming kind of ideas and thoughts um she really had a lot of trouble so something that uh, we worked on for her was uh, what we call augmentative communication. And augmentative communication is really a way that we use technology uh, to allow people to speak um, different kind of modalities. And that's a talk for a whole nother day. Um, but we were able to kind of set her up with a touch base um, con- computer system that really did some voice output for her. So it gave her a voice. Now I can remember um, in my early days, I'm sitting over to the side with her husband and another clinician and myself, and we had her at a different computer. I will say that's a big mistake on my part. Uh, She was facing away from us. She wasn't in the conversation. What was so interesting is um, that that day, for whatever reason, She just came up to the computer. She's sitting there. We're talking about other things. And she goes, I want mashed potatoes. And what she wanted to tell us, which was a couple, couple things back was that she wanted to have mashed potatoes for dinner. Um, Her husband cried that day. Uh, It was the first time he had, she had initiated or, or been a part of any conversation in about 10 years. So it was a really big win. It still gives me goosebumps to this day. And I think. Oh, I,
0: I got to tell you, I, I'm feeling them too. That's just a great story.
1: is that fun? So we got her set up with a device. Her, her husband was involved with um, information systems. So he knew kind of how to do some programming stuff. So yeah. It was really, really like a, a cool win for me. And I think so early on to have that win just really pushed me into being very passionate about that. Uh, On the flip side of that, I have a a client that I'm seeing uh, that we've been working on kind of the same thing. Very challenge, um, kind of figuring out what motivates this kiddo, what makes him happy, what brings him joy and really looking at the whole kid. And uh, mom was walking in with him one day and said, hey, you know what really motivates him? The sunshine. And I said, "Okay." So I I went to every little room here in the Cora Roanoke office and and closed the blinds, opened the blinds, and saw which room had the most sunlight. And we really were able to kind of stimulate his language ability by using the sunshine. Now, we've evolved beyond that. We have a flashlight now. We use glow sticks. We're able to make choices. But that was really the aha moment. And what it really showcased was... um, us working together as a team for our kids for with mom and with our, our kiddo and just to figure out what works, what works, let's do what works for this kid. Um, not what, you know, it's kind of written on a paper. And, and I think that's, what's really interesting about our field is we just get to do that. We get to be problem solvers all day and it's awesome.
0: Wow. That, those are great stories. Mackenzie, Talk to us about any wins that you can share with uh, the listeners of uh, In Your Corner.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Two stories come to mind for me as well. Um, The first one, I had a little one come to me. He started here when he had just kind of phased out of early intervention. So he was about three and he was on the spectrum. um, And so he came in very little language. We're getting some single words, you know, communicating a little bit, but was kind of more just, you know into his own little world drawn in. Um, But fast forward two years, we've been working with him this entire time and he is talking in full sentences, asking questions in these skills that I hadn't taught him, but like the social skills are usually the hardest for this specific population, our kids with autism. Um, But one day I went out to get him recently and he was sitting in the lobby and playing with a sibling of another patient here. So this is a typically developing kid just sitting in the lobby. And my little patient is... Playing, interacting with him, asking questions, and I just had to like kind of oh. stop and double take because looking at this scene, you would not know that one of these chat, one of these children is, you know, quote unquote, typical developing, whereas the other one has done speech therapy for years already to get to this point. But they're just playing together, and that's the type of thing that really just gets me when they can be successful in their own environments. That feels like a big, big victory. Yeah.
0: That is yeah. so cool, man! All tingly again, man. Yeah, yeah. I love what you guys do. You're yeah. you're opening up the world with a lot of these, uh, just everybody, whoever whoever your 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 patients are. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing. Thank you very much. That is so cool. So with that, uh, and I think Corey, you brought it up. I mean, you've got to be very creative in how you administer and and work with these uh, these patients. What are some of the tools that you use?
1: Um, Well, (laughs) let me tell you, uh, the Dollar Tree is your very favorite uh, place to be. Um, You can go to Dollar Tree and find literally (laughs) every piece of therapy material you need. um, And you think about it in a creative way. What I love about about language therapy specifically is it kind of happens everywhere. Um, So kind of our tips and tricks that we do is is we, we... meet people where they are um one of my favorite things is to ask a parent hey what motivates your kiddo um is it paw patrol can i go and we work for for this that this thing and that thing same thing with adults what do you want to do i have patients that um are voice patients that that need help and they want to go back to singing well absolutely if singing's the goal that's where we're going that's where we're setting our bar um so we use whatever means necessary to really, to make a difference. That's what we want to do. We, I, it's a, a true belief of a speech therapist that everybody has a voice and everybody should be allowed to use that. So the, what,
0: and this is to you, Mackenzie, <clears throat> see how I did that there, Corey. I didn't just leave Mackenzie just hanging there. Like I've been leaving you hanging because I forget to call your name. <laughs> Not much of a professional here. However, what, what technologies? And I, I, I see that there's a, uh, an argumentative, uh, a vital stem. What, what technologies, Mackenzie, do you apply?
2: Yeah, so the main ones actually that I have been working with is I do a decent amount of work with that augmentative communication. So um, devices for individuals who speech is not their primary means of communication. So a few specific ones. They range really in level of technology. So I have a few little ones who they are not needing a full, you know complex device yet so it could be as simple as a picture card system where they hand me a picture for what they want things like that versus on the other end of the spectrum i do have some who have either just like a tablet um, with specific applications that they are able to either type or select. And there's an output device that will then say what they're requesting, what they're asking, things like that. I have one individual who he is a high schooler, but he does not do any verbal communication. He strictly does it through his tablet. Um, But he is he can. He does full sentences. He spells. He understands exactly what you're saying. So he really talks exactly as you would expect an individual to use their speech. He does it with his device, which is very cool that he's been so successful with that. We also have a little bit like low technology options as well. I have these just big buttons that basically I can pre-record something with the button. And then I have my patient exactly right there. Corey is
0: demonstrating. Ta-da. Ta-da.
2: Same That's thing. real
0: time. I uh, have to reach out
2: and just push the button and it will say what I have already recorded for them. Again, it just all really goes back to giving them the means to be able to communicate any message that they need to. So those are the specific ones I work with. I don't do as much work with adults. So things like Vital Stim, as much of those options. I do have some individuals who have hearing aids, cochlear implants. So we work a little bit with that as well. Um, But
1: those are kind of the technology systems I use.
0: Okay. Corey.
1: And I'll pick up where, uh, yeah. left off because what I do is I'm a vital STEM certified therapist. Yay! So what that means, I know it's, it sounds cool. fancy. Um, what that means is that we use electrical stimulation to help you swallow a big, big thing. People look at us exactly like you're looking at me yeah, now Scott, with going... that puzzled look that says, what? wait a minute, what? Speech therapists do swallowing therapy too. It's something that we started, um, way back when, back about the time that I was into the being, um, birthed into life, um, in the eighties, we kind of took that over, um, we are, because we know so much about the anatomy of the voice and all of that stuff, the swallowing is kind of all in there together. So we kind of took that over, took that on, and we're actually certified swallowing therapists too. So I spend a good deal of my time working with adults and children, um, using different techniques. We use, um, myofascial release, which is like a massage based therapy. We use a uh, vital stem, which is like a, a electrical stimulation to the muscles and the throat um, to help people even swallow better. So when I say hips to lips, I really do mean it.
0: Wow. <laughs> we
1: work on anything, uh, anything that happens with the swallow as well, um, from having little kids start table food and making sure they're safe with those, those things to people who are, are in long-term care settings, who are having, you know, Trouble with their intake, we can make uh, modifications to their food, um, really to help them sw- uh, to swallow better. And let's just talk about this. Eating is not strictly for nutrition. There's such a social aspect to it too. Um, so we like to we like to talk to people. Now, I will tell you, my friends out there, please do not talk while you're eating. Nobody wants to see your food. And number two, you're opening your airway, so you'll choke. That was free. You didn't even have to pay for that advice.
0: Note <laughs> to self, I'm putting that suggestion on my bo- on my, my tablet here. <laughs> <laughs> and agree with you 100%. <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about the the service delivery between the clinic and the classroom. Corey, talk to us a little bit about that. What does that mean?
1: Uh, this is such an interesting area that I think people get, um, we get kind of confused, or we get stuck in one or the other. Um, I want you to hear what I'm not, what I am saying. And what I'm not saying is that one is better than the other. They're, uh, they equally have both um, validity in both. So classroom delivery, um, when we go into the schools, it's what people are most familiar with um, going into the schools and we're working on skills like articulation. Um, which is getting the words out and making them sound um, like they should. Um, to language, things like that. Now, when we're in the classroom, we're governed by IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Act, um, and we're governed by an IEP, an Individualized Education Program. Those are developed through the school. So the school system kind of owns that piece of it. Um, A lot of times we'll push into a classroom, but really the focus in a classroom setting is on, can they achieve their educational goals? Um, while they're using their language and their articulation, do those challenges kind of impact their, their education and their ability to, to be in the educational environment? So that's kind of where we are with that. Now, on the flip side of that, when you come to see me and you're in the clinical setting, um, you're here. It's a little bit less of a natural setting. However, you're getting uh, pretty much my full attention. And really what we're focusing on there are um, your ADLs, which are your activities of daily living, specifically your communication activities of daily living. So what I'm able to do in in the clinic that, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge in the classroom is I'm able to kind of shape your therapy to match your kid um, or match the adult, match wherever we are. Um, We can be a little bit more intensive and specific if we have problems communicating on the telephone, that's what we're going to do. Um, whereas that might be a little bit awkward um, in a classroom setting. I don't know very many teachers that would be okay with me. Hey, let's pull out our iPhone and let's just have a little conversation right here. Um, so those are the kind of things that's governed generally by a doctor's referral and what we call a plan of treatment or a plan of care. So just some differences in, in the way they're delivered. Not One is not better than the other. They're equally important. Um, I like to tell my families that are talking to me, if what you're doing's works if what you're doing right now is working, stop right there. It's working. We don't need to add anything. But if you're not if you're not good with it, if you're not meeting your goals, um, the things that you would like for your child or for yourself, then please let's have a conversation. Let's let's see what we can do on either end. The cool thing about Cora is they let me kind of live in both worlds, um, so I'm able to uh, do a lot of school based education um, setting stuff and then come back into the clinic and do that thing. So it's a it's a cool um, ability. To to be able to carry over some
0: of those skills. Uh, well said. Absolutely. Well said. That is great. Now, let's say I'm a parent, and I think that my child needs help. And I, uh, because I'm, I'm put my parent hat and whatever. And my child needs help. What do I do, Mackenzie?
2: It's actually easier than you would expect. I would say go to pediatrician, make a doctor's appointment, and just simply say, "I think my child might be delayed, speech-wise, language-wise. This is what I'm seeing." They'll absolutely get you that referral for us, especially at Cora. All we need is a referral from the doctor and you can come in and get an evaluation. Even if you're kind of on the, on the border, I don't know, I might be seeing these things. It doesn't hurt at all to have the evaluation done for the professionals. So we can look in, see what we're, um, what the child's doing, what they're not doing. And then from there we can go, Forward with intervention. If you're looking for services in the school, um, I would also just advocate to get services there. Teachers and speech therapists in the school do a great job of typically catching the kids who need those services. Ah. Um, don't be afraid to advocate for that as well. I say
0: it, it. It would the the thing that I is on my mind as a parent. My kids are grown up. Trust me. But if I was a parent and had small kids, what are some of the things that I should just be aware of? If I'm looking, you know, I'm working with my kid, you know, my my child, what, what are some of the things that I need to look for, Mackenzie?
2: So I would look for kind of all of those language skills um, on top of the speech skills, depending on what you're worried about. Um, but really what I would look for is are they able to communicate, first and foremost, their wants, their needs? Are they able to let um, people know what is going on, relay those experiences? Um, it can be very specific things like, Are they able to ask questions? Are they able to explain things? Do they have a good vocabulary? Are they using all different types of words? Again, these are very specific skills, but you can kind of look for them in a lot of different ways. Reading books with them, or even talking about what you see outside, playing different little word games. Just see if they're able to use communication in a way that's functional um, in their environment. There are more specific things also to look for. Those would be things like that articulation piece Corey mentioned earlier. When they talk, are you able to understand them? That's kind of a clear sign. If you're not really understanding what they're yeah. saying, and a lot of times parents come in and they're like, oh, I didn't know there was a problem because I could understand them, but that's nobody you You kind of learned the way your children talk, but if other people around them are also not understanding what they're saying, that's a clear sign that also maybe look into speech therapy.
0: Wow. That's pretty good. Now closing out, Corey, you're going to have to close us out because this is uh, may it is uh, better hearing and speech month. What advice from the community perspective and to build a uh, better connections, what advice can you provide the listeners right now? And I'm going to write it down on my tablet.
1: Okay. Big shoes. Uh, big breath. Now I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, use your voice.
0: Ah.
1: use your voice. Um, I would say that um, from any, from any age range. So if you're a parent, you're worried about your child, use your voice to advocate for your child. Your Mm. child is relying on you. Um, If you're a kiddo, if you're somebody listening out there um, that has something to say, that has a passion about something, who loves something very deeply, talk about it. If you're a teenager and there is something, some social thing that just sets your world on fire, use your voice. Talk about it. When you're adults, when you're older, especially as as we're kind of seeing the generations come along behind you, use your voice. Tell your story. You are the only voice mm. that you will ever have. That voice that you have is yours. So I just encourage families, people, children, parents, everybody, use your voice. It's the only one you have.
0: Wow, that is great. Now, uh, Corey, I want to talk to you. How do, how do I get a hold of Corey?
1: If you want to come and find me, uh, the best way to do it is by email. Um, my email is CMEA d-o-r at corahealth.com um or i'm reachable by text but email me first and i'll give you that number and we'll we'll have a little chat
0: well fantastic and you mackenzie how do i get a hold of you
1: same thing you could email
2: me absolutely at m-n-a-s-s-a-r at health or you could also just contact our Blacksburg pediatric office and I am a speech therapist here and would be more than willing to also have a conversation.
0: Wow, cool. Easy peasy. No excuses out there. You can get a hold of Corey and McKenzie and and if and if you're saying hey, that's too difficult, just go out to corephysicaltherapy.com and I guarantee you you'll get set up and they'll they'll direct you to the right path big time. You both were absolutely wonderful. <laughs>
1: Thank you for having us. Fun. We
0: enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And thank we you. We always specific- talk
1: at the same time. It's, yeah. it's uh, part of part of being a speech therapist. Scott, thanks so much for having us. This was such a blast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys had to deliver because you guys are speech therapists. you going to have, you had to deliver it. Right. You know, <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining in your corner with core Physical Therapy. We're going to have another great uh, conversation with incredible professionals like Corey and Mackenzie right around the corners. Thank you.